We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Saints Coaches Show. Mike Hoss, Bobby Bear, and Saints head coach Dennis Allen. And what a great city for football. The Saints win yesterday. LSU wins today, both at Raymond James, the Sugar Bowl happening as we speak, and the Saints have life after their win, 23-13 over the Buccaneers. And Happy New Year, Head Coach Dennis Allen. Thanks for joining us, my friend. Yeah, Happy New Year, guys. Appreciate you guys having me on. So I kind of want to go backwards a little bit in that, I mean, backing into this, and in that it's about this Sunday and that the Falcons come to town, 7-9, and nine, you're 8-8. Eight and eight. I understand that you have help, but as far as – Caesar Superdome is concerned. King's Day is on January 6th. Sunday's the 7th. The team is treating this as a postseason game. Let's hope the fans do as well and create a kind of atmosphere that can be impactful. Yeah, look, absolutely. I think we have one of the best environments in football. Uh, when our fans are, are um, excited about watching us play and when we're putting a good performance out there for our fans to get excited about. So, uh, we're going to need that home field crowd. We're going to feed off that energy. Um, it'll be a great opportunity for us. I know our guys are really excited about this opportunity to play the Falcons, uh, you know, call it week 18 of the season uh, with a lot on the line. So uh, this is this is really why you play the game. Now, uh, Coach Allen, you want him to chair? Uh, this is what you got to do. Uh, you know, he scored a touchdown on the opening possession. You know, it took us 16 games, and we finally got a touchdown on the opening possession. And then from a defensive perspective, we were so dominant against the Bucks. I'm looking at uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, what, they went three and out and four of their five offensive possessions. Could have been five for five, except when Brian Brzee said again, it's sad we got a penalty. If we do that, I can tell you right now, they're going to cheer and be loud and proud. <laughs> Yeah, look, there's no question. Um, look, we started off strong in this game. It was something that, you know, we felt like we really needed to do. I think in particular, um, you know, going on the road at their place, um, you know, knowing the, 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 uh, what we had in store for us and, and having to go there and play. I think starting off strong, certainly our offense taking the ball down the field like they did and, and scoring, you know, a touchdown on the opening possession was huge. I think the Third down conversions were really critical in, in, in our ability to keep our drives alive or keep our drive alive there and, and be able to go down and score a touchdown. And then for the defense to go out and, uh, you know, follow that up with, with uh, three and out and getting the ball back for the offense again, I just thought it was a good complimentary game for our team. Now, Coach Allen, uh, when I, if you'd have just told me this, you know, because I look at these numbers kind of like uh, that means we're converting on third down, like you said. Time of possession, we had the ball over 13 minutes more than Tampa Bay. But this one area, two areas, I should say, we've been outstanding, uh, are always in the top five, not the top three, third down defense. They were only 25%. And the red zone, uh, not so much this game. We were one of three, but goal to goal. It seems like we get the ball in a goal to goal situation this year. Offensively, we've been outstanding. 
Now, uh, you've got to get, you know, I like first and go eight-yard line. It seems like almost 90% we're going to score a touchdown. So you look at third down defense, goal to goal, and then being opportunistic. All of a sudden, the Buccaneers come in the game, they plus 10, which was tied for first in the turnover margin in the league. Uh, well, then uh, they end up being minus four. And now we're, uh, we're plus four, now we're plus eight for the season. You know, there's, you, I think you say this all the time. Uh, shame on us if we don't win that game and you're plus four in the turnover margin. Yeah, look, no question, Bobby. You know, there's a lot of elements that you were just talking about. I'll touch on all of them a little bit. Obviously, the, the turnover-takeaway ratio is the number one statistic in football. Uh, it's It's been really the determining factor of who's won the game between us and Tampa Bay. And, and so, uh, you know, and, and look, we – we had not done a great job of taking the ball away over the last couple of weeks. And so it was a point of emphasis that we needed to do that this week. So I was glad to see our guys go out and do that. Um, you know, third down defense is something that we've, you know, always prided ourselves on, you know, being a good third down defense. I think you're a really good third down defense when you're able to uh, make the opponents have to try to convert, you know, third and seven plus rather than third and two to three. And, and, a majority of the third downs that Tampa faced in the first, uh, at least in the first half or the first three quarters were, were third and seven plus. And so that means you're doing a good job on first and second down of, of stopping the run, you know, or forcing incompletions in the passing game, things of that nature. And then really with our offense um, in the red zone, look, we identified that a few weeks back as, as an area that needed to be better, but really the area that needed to be better was, we had to get the ball from the 25 down inside the 10. That was the area that we were struggling with primarily uh, because, like you said, we, we, we'd we done a good job. Once we got the ball inside the 10 and had first and goal, we, we've done a good job of converting those into touchdowns. So there was a little area kind of between the 25 and the 10 that we had to we had to do a better job of, of being able to convert some first downs and keep some drives alive in that area. Coach, uh you know, after your press conference, you, you moved on. We were still clearing out the radio booth. And so I was I caught Baker Mayfield's press conference post game and he was very blunt and he was like, Hey, they hit us in the mouth from the get go. And they, the Saints, were the more physical team and, and I'm not saying it was or wasn't, but perhaps maybe not your best game in the trenches versus the Rams, but to come back with that in this most pivotal game uh has to be uh significant for you well look it was a big point of emphasis for us uh and being able to out physical this football team um you know i told the team the night before uh the game that uh, you know i challenged it the offensive and defensive lines because i knew that um you know if we were going to have success in the game we were going to have to control the line of scrimmage uh, both with the offensive line and the defensive line, obviously with the, the pressure package that they have and what they do with Todd Bowles creates a lot of issues. I thought we did a really good job of protecting the quarterback. So we had some opportunities in the passing game, uh, you know, to, to, to create some plays in the passing game. Um, I knew that we were going to have to devote some resources in the passing game defensively uh, to try to take away these receivers a little bit. I thought we did a good job for the majority of, you know, three, three and a half quarters of being able to do that. But to do that, um, you know, we were going to have to stop the run in a light box. And I thought our guys up front did a good job of handling the line of scrimmage and allowed us to do that. 
Now, uh, you know, Coach Allen, you talk about, like, uh, you know, avoiding splash plays or chunk plays. And initially, our defense was very dominant. I think we're winning and dominating in all phases. Uh, they just had 44 yards in the first half. And then you look at the score, a commanding 17-0 lead at halftime. Then going into the fourth quarter, uh, we're up 20-0. Uh, to They didn't score until like seven minutes, 50 seconds left. But I know this had to bother you because I know it did me. I was doing the, um, you know, the point after. They had four plays for 169 total yards. You know, you don't want to let them, never let them get behind you. Now, I know uh, Mike Evans had one at the beginning, a 33-yarder, then a 35-yarder. But, you know, you got to be fortunate. Trey Palmer catches a 54-yarder. He fumbles with Chris Gowan, 47. But, but uh, you know that. We cannot give up four plays for 169 total yards. And I think, you know, when you plus four, you're fortunate and you win that way. But we kind of let them back in the, in the game with those chunk uh, splash plays. Yeah, look, there's no question. Um, you know, obviously the most important statistic in football is points allowed, uh, which I think we're sixth in the league in, 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 in that area. So uh, there's some good things that we're doing. Um, obviously, you're exactly right. When you get into those situations in a two-minute situation, the last thing you can do is have the ball uh, go over your head. So hopefully our guys, you know, learn learn their lesson from that. You know, that that that's an area that, you know, it's – you know, a lot of people think when you get these big leads that that, that makes it easier. It's actually a little more challenging because, you know, you're, you're trying to do two things. Obviously, you can't let the ball go over your head. Uh, and yet, if you play too soft, you know, and play not to lose, then, you know, generally you, 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 you give up points in, the, in that situation. So, um, look, our guys are just going to have to learn from that. We had a couple of mistakes that we made, uh, and we have to be better in that situation. Noon on Sunday, Caesar Superdome, the 7-9 Falcons, 8-8 eight and eight Saints. It is a big one, of course. At the same time, Tampa will be in Carolina just getting started. Here, Mike Hoss, Bobby Bear, and Saints head coach Dennis Allen. We're back after this on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to the Saints Coaches Show. Mike Austin, Bobby A. Barron, Saints Head Coach Dennis Allen. And Coach, let me preface this by saying I understand that all scores are important. Late second quarter, you had dominated this football game, but with a couple of minutes to play, it was 7 nothing. And then the 22-yarder to Taysom Hill, which was a perfect pass, throwing to a spot, that score, because you can dominate the game, but if you're not dominating the scoreboard, it doesn't, it doesn't matter a lot. That was a, a huge play in that game. Yeah, look, it, it, was, it was a big play in the game. You know, obviously there was several moments in the game that I thought, you know, were, were, were big plays in the game, but that was obviously one of them, and – uh, look, I think the way that that thing played out, you know, we got a little bit of pressure uh, on the quarterback early there. Uh, so he had to get rid of the ball a little bit quicker than maybe he would have liked to. I thought Taysom ran a good route. I uh, thought the ball was in the right spot. Taysom made a great play. And to, and to be able to kind of contort his body and get the ball in the end zone there uh, certainly was, 
you know, look, yeah, it was a big play for us. Absolutely. Now, uh, you know, Coach Allen, I'm going to mention like two or three players. I want you to comment on them because I think not necessarily household names, uh, but, uh, you know, we had high expectations for Brian Brzee, but I'm looking at one, and how do you be a pro? Considering uh, where he was drafted, high expectations, uh, and waiting for his turn, practice squad, then you're available, Jonathan Abram. I mean, in a span of three drives, he strips the running back with Rashad White and then intercepted Mayfield. And when you look at being that impactful, and he ends up being, uh, what, uh, combined tackles, he had five, which was second best behind Pete Werner, who had nine total. And like I said, interception, pass defended, forced fumble. When you say next man up, he was more than next man up. The impact uh, that he did in this game, I want you to comment on him. And then also Brian Brzee. Uh, we end up having two sacks, him and Zach Bond. Brian Brzee is sack, a quarterback hurry, a tackle fall loss. Uh, I've been impressed while he gets his hands up, passes defended. Then I look at Zach Bond. Uh, look at Zach Bond being a rusher. Uh, a sack, two quarterback hurries, which led the team, a tackle fall loss. Also had a pass defending it. I think he had an awesome tackle. I think it was on kickoff coverage. So that, that was a pretty damn good tackle, what I saw. Uh, special teams, uh, solo tackle. Yeah, I think it was on a punt, Bobby. Okay. And it was, a, it was a hell of a play. He did a really good job on that play, absolutely. Um, look, I think Zach's done a good job for us. Uh, you know, he had to come in and play a little bit more linebacker than what we had anticipated with Nephi Sewell going down. Uh, he did a nice job there. He certainly added something to our rush, uh, both in our three-man packages and our four-man packages. I think that's something that, uh, you know, it's a skill set that he has that, uh, you know, he can help us with. He had a couple of nice spin moves uh, to create some pressure on the quarterback. Brian Brzee, I think, is you know, each and every week, I think there's I've seen steady improvement with this player. Uh, it was good to see him get some of the production. You know, obviously he had the one sack that was taken away, unfortunately, uh, you know, as he's just trying to get the quarterback down and, and kind of gets him by the top of the head, uh, you know, and ends up being a penalty. But then we had another pressure, uh, you know, as they're kind of moving the ball a little bit, we had a pressure called and you know, DeMario got some pressure inside, and, and uh, Brzee won his one-on-one matchup, you know, was able to get the sack. And then, look, I think uh, Jonathan Abram did an outstanding job for us. He was all over the field. Um, he plays extremely hard. He works extremely hard. Uh, and he was ready for the opportunity when he got his, when he got his chance. So I was, I, was, uh, I was happy for him and proud of him. Now, uh, you know, Coach Allen, uh, I'm going to look at Atlanta a little bit ahead uh, coming up. And uh, we all know how they close out their game. And, uh, you know, you got to be able to run the football and stop the run. And I noticed, uh, you know, and I bragged on us early how awesome we've been on third down uh, defense. But also Atlanta's been awesome on third down defense. It's almost like mirror images. Uh, Look at Cleveland where they're at number one in the NFL. Uh, on third down defense. So I, I put in my notes, I said, who's going to win on third down? Uh, which offense will maybe have success against uh, whether it's the Falcons' third down defense or them against us on our third down defense? I think that could be impactful because then time of possession and how you control them the ball, I, I think it's going to be uh, a big outcome come Sunday against Atlanta. And uh, the one thing uh, first uh, off, uh, you know, different quarterback, 
maybe Taylor Heineke versus Desmond Ritter. But uh, the, the one thing, how they closed out that game, I know you can challenge a team there. We can't let them run the damn ball down our throat. Yeah, look, Bobby, you're exactly right. I think I said that at the, at the time uh, when we played the game. I, I, didn't, I didn't like the way we finished the game defensively, you know, in terms of being able to stop the run. Um, look, I think, you know, one of the things you have to be able to do against a team like this uh, is, is get them into a position where, uh, you know, they've got to become a little bit more of a drop-back passing team. Um, and so starting the game fast, you know, hopefully performing well offensively and defensively like we did this past week and maybe be able to get out to a lead, I think helps us in terms of our ability to stop their running game uh, and plays into our favor just a little bit. So we got to do a really good job of, of stopping the run. And a lot of that, you know, you talk about third down, um, you know, being able to stop the run game is going to be an important part of third down. Uh, just like we did last week, if we're able to force some third and long situations, um, you know, obviously, the, you know, your percentage of getting off the field goes goes up dramatically. So, and the same thing offensively. The more times that we can get into third and medium, third and short, more of those manageable down and distance. So, first and second down efficiency is going to be important. Saints and the Falcons, noon on Sunday, January 7th. It's all been decided. So, noon on Sunday, Tampa and Carolina will play at the same time. There's some other games later in the afternoon, but the Saints – Got to take care of their business first. We're back after a quick break. More with Saints head coach Dennis Allen here on the Community Coffee New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Welcome back. Mike Hoss, Bobby Hebert, and Saints head coach Dennis Allen. And special teams do matter. And you decided this early season to go with a couple of rookies, Lou Headley and Blake Groupie. Headley now with 30 inside the 20. That's a new franchise record. He had tied uh, – Thomas Morstead and Gillikin, and then Groupie ties Will Lutz's rookie record of 2016 with 28 field goals. And I know coaches don't like to pump up players, more or less pump up rookies, uh, but they were unknowns, right, for you coming in and, and not perfect, but how they've performed and getting better as the season progresses. Yeah, look, I think that's what you want to see is, as the season goes along. You want to see your guys progress and develop. Uh, I think both of those guys have done a good job. I think both of those guys had some rough stretches that they had to uh, fight through and battle through. Uh, and I, thought, I think both of them have done a, done a nice job of doing that. You know, uh, you know, Lou's done a really good job of pinning teams down inside the 20. I mean, you know, it, it's it's kind of, uh, you know, we've done a really good job in the last, you know, month of the season of really, you know, winning the field position battle. And I think he's been a big part of that. And, you know, the other thing that, you know, you don't really think about with either one of these uh, players is there's not a lot of returns happening against us, both on kickoff return. There's not a lot of returns happening because the ball's going out of the end zone a lot of times. Uh, and, and there's not a lot of returns in the punt game. And I think that's a I think that's a big advantage for us. Yeah. And uh, along those lines, uh, Coach Allen. Uh, yeah, uh, you talk about punt coverage. We're number one, and we've been number one. We give up like five yards of punt return. I remember we were playing the Giants, and we were basically the same. And in that game, it seems like we always win the field position battle or the hidden yardage against our opponent on special teams. And then I look at Rashid Shahid. He had a long gain of a 16-yard punt return. He ended up averaging 13 and a half. I always say if you double digits, that's one less first down you got to get. You know, when you, uh, when you flip in the field and the, the hidden yardage, 
And uh, so that's one area. It's like I'd almost be shocked if we don't win in, in those areas as far as the return game or even the coverage units. Like you said, I don't even look sometimes at kickoff because you can kick it out the end zone. But look, a punt coverage, punt return, and how, how we do in those areas, it seems like we always win in those areas every game. Yeah, look, I think we've done a good job on special teams in a lot of areas this year. Uh, you know, and certainly, you know, our coverage units have done a good job. Uh, and, and I think we've, we've improved in our return units. We had a couple of nice returns on the kickoff return, which was good to see. Uh, we felt like there was going to be some opportunities in the punt return game uh, this week and that we felt like if we could just get the returner started, we'd have some opportunities to make some plays. And, and, and look, we were close on a couple of them to, to breaking some long ones. So, uh, Rashid Shahid's an explosive player back there as a returner, and and we got to continue to you know do a good job of of, of getting bodies on bodies, uh, and and at least getting him started in the return. Well, uh, you know, Coach Allen, I, I'm I'm glad you lit a fire under him. Uh, that being Jawan Johnson, because we've seen him in training camp, OTAs, mini camp, and and then all of a sudden you think he's going to be a big part of what we do doing offensively. We had 12 targets, eight catches uh, for 90 yards, so. Uh, I'm glad that he stepped up and he had the, uh, the type of day that we thought he'd have. You know, I always say, look, at 16, uh, 17 games. I thought he would do this at least a handful of games, five or six, like he did against Tampa Bay. But that has to continue. But I thought uh, uh, it was a nice catch, that 32-yarder, like, fingertip grab. Uh, I mean, uh, to me, that catch in the first half, uh, when you look at that. But uh, I thought... See, that's why some fans don't realize. They think, oh, he, the, the, you know, and they hit, you know, garbage numbers, whatever. Oh, well, Derek Carr, he didn't even throw for 200 yards. But he's playing winning football. I got to tell him, you don't have to always throw for 300 yards. Plus, you have to look how the game transpired and what occurred. I thought Derek was outstanding. 24, 32, 197 yards, a couple of touchdowns, no picks. So give me that type of game. Whether, uh, you know, we're trying to play catch-up and have all these yards that really don't mean anything. Yeah, look, I, I think, um, you know, playing the quarterback position is about being efficient. You know, it's about throwing completions. Um, it's about protecting the football. Uh, and it's about, you know, scoring points when you have an opportunity to score points. And I think Derek's done a really good job of doing that. Um, you know, there's a lot of times where you're throwing for 300 yards and you're throwing for 300 yards because you're chasing points. And so uh, I, I would much rather, you know, get into a position where we're playing efficient football offensively, we're moving the ball, we're scoring points, doesn't matter how you get them, uh, than, than get into one of these games where we're chasing points and throwing the ball all over the yard. Well, Coach, a big one Sunday, as we know, Saints and the Falcons, noon, Falcons, you know, it was week 12, and that was kind of the line of demarcation. Saints struggled, red zone, and pick six. But since then, it's been a completely different story. Looking for some redemption on Sunday. Thanks for your time. Have a great week of practice, and let's get those fans in playoff mode, and let's get them out there and ready to go on Sunday. Yeah, let's go have some fun on Sunday, man. I'm looking forward to it. Appreciate you guys. Me too. Thank you. Let's pause 10 seconds to let stations identify themselves here on the Community Coffee New Orleans Saints Radio Network. When we come back, we will talk with the man in charge of the Saints running back backfield that was 
Had some challenges, of course, in Tampa. We'll talk with Joel Thomas when we come back here on the Saints Coaches Show on the Community Coffee New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Welcome back. Mike Hoss and Bobby A. Bear at the Silver Slipper Casino and Resort in Hancock County, Mississippi. And joining us now, Saints running back coach Joel Thomas with the team since 2015. And, Coach, welcome to the show, and congrats on the win yesterday. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate uh, you guys having me on the show this evening. So a challenge yesterday, of course, when you go with two tailbacks, Alvin gets horse-collared, <laughs> yeah. yeah, goes out. And was, you know, I don't know if you had your Idaho pads ready or get deuce up in the box, but it, was, it becomes a challenge uh, when that happens because Alvin had been playing uh, great football. Uh, just talk about that, how it does kind of really and physically change your, your, your personnel, your play calling when you're down to one tailback. Well, you know, obviously you go through a game and you have your personnel tags that you have guys on specific plays and, and there's certain things that some runners do better than others, as we know. So when uh, all of a sudden you lose a guy like that, and it happened uh, obviously when we played uh, Carolina the first uh, sec- the first time we played him, when we lost Jamal, and all of a sudden we were down to one running back at that time as well. So as the coach, you're like, all right, what's my next plan if something should happen to that next runner? you got to be thinking that way as well. So as far as your alternate guys that are on the roster that could, you know, fill in and step in in that role. But, um, you know, you know, we get to halftime and then obviously, uh, you know, we have to refresh things with Jamal that maybe he didn't have the reps on during the week and also fill in the fullback uh, with some of the protection stuff that he might have to take over the role that uh, Alvin had during that the course of the game as well. So, you know, I thought the guys, they responded well. Um, you know, it was pretty, it was nice to, to see some productivity out of Jamal because I know he's he's been uh, pressing and, and we've been trying to get him going and, and obviously he, he he took the the torch and ran with it and and Adam had a couple uh, plays in there as well so uh, you know that, that group you know we always have that mantra that you know next man up and and they answered the call. Yeah, uh, Coach Tom, that's what I wanted to ask you about Adam Prentice. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden we all know the last Tampa Bay game, boy, and, you know uh, he's only going to have so many opportunities and then he fumbled. But uh, you had to be almost fist pumping. I, I don't know what your, actually your mannerisms were, but all of a sudden he has one attempt Trust me. Uh, for seven <laughs> yards. Yeah, that had to fire you up, huh, when that happened? <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, that's why you get into coaching because, you know, I, yeah, we're at the highest level. But when it's all said and done, it's the impact you make on the players. And, and when they respond to adversity, and you see that fight, that grit, that toughness, and it may not be immediate when it does happen, but all of a sudden we're in the third and seven uh, situation, and he rips a draw for eight yards that we needed, and he made sure he double-arm wrapped that ball too. And we were, that's what we were laughing at after the, the play when we were looking at the iPad. But, uh, you know, that's that, that says everything when you're, when you're out there coaching. You know, and obviously it helps when you're executing, winning, all that stuff, but uh, – you know, it's, it's the relationships you have with the players and, and, and believing in them and they're, them believing in you, and, and, and usually good things happen when, when everybody's on the same page. Now, uh, Coach Thomas, with all your experience, and uh, obviously I can see he was nicked up. Alvin ended up having uh, 10 rushing attempts. He averaged four and a half yards in attempt. He had a long gain of 13. But when you look at all the players you've coached or you've witnessed, uh, he's in a, a pretty uh, a recognizable or I should say significant fraternity, what he's accomplished. You look at now, it happened on the opening drive that Alvin became the first player in franchise history to record 10,000 career yards from scrimmage. He entered the game dealing only, uh, what, one yard to hit that mark. 
Then he hit the mark in his 101st career game, so that means you're answering the bell. Became the 28th player in NFL history, recorded 10,000 yards of scrimmage in his first seven NFL seasons. So uh, you talk about football player and tough. Uh, I think Alvin Kamara is in that category when you look at that special uh, fraternity and how offenses uh, rely on these guys to, to get those uh, yards from scrimmage. It, it, I mean, you, you throw those numbers out, and obviously this season there's been a, a handful of milestones that have been reached. And uh, it's one of those deals where all of a sudden you look at it and you're like, oh, man, where, where did the time go? Because as you're in the season, you're, you're, you're process-driven. It's on to the next game. You really don't get a chance to sit back and reflect on things. So, you know, as this season's gone on, you know, the touchdown, the all-purpose breaking Colson's record, and then all of a sudden you're in this category uh, with 10,000 yards that not many people on the face of the earth has, have ever done. That's the way I always look at things when you're talking professional football. And to think of that, you know, it is pretty special. And that's something, you know, down the road when the season's over or, or 10 years down the road when he's done and, and, and we've, we're on our different journeys, we can reflect back on some of this stuff together because, you know, I've, we've been on this ride together, you know, for the last seven years. So it's, it's pretty remarkable, quite honestly. Coach, to watch Jamal Williams yesterday after that 17-yard run, it was like, you know, like we were kids again, 12 years old, you know, playing football. And it was just so pumped and excited. And, you know, he comes in. A thousand yard rusher, seventeen touchdowns last year, and to kind of get nineteen carries, fifty eight yards. That seventeen yarder, um, you know, he he did get you know injured earlier in the year, but it just feels like he, he's waiting to to just bust, right? He just he just has that kind of emotion where he's waiting to get out there. And there's only there's only one football. It is what it is. But man, it was really good to see that. No, it was. You know, it's unfortunate the circumstances of it, but. You know, like I said before, I mean, he, he's ready. And, and you know, really this season in some of these games, he's, he's done a lot of the dirty work too, you know, as far as the protection, um, doing the stuff for uh, the Taysom lead role, as far as the, the blocking. And I think the last time we played him, he, he had some remarkable blocks uh, out there on the field. And, and I make sure th- those are highlighted, like, you know, protecting the ball and protecting the quarterback. Those are two of the most important things. You know, especially you know playing the position we are, and and he's done a great job of, of both of them, and uh, you know I, I know he's ready. You know I know when we get out there on a, on a Sunday afternoon, uh, whatever the role is, you know, he doesn't blink at it, and, and he's ready to go. But it's the enthusiasm he has and the energy he brings. You know, something that uh, definitely we can feed off of, of more here. Now, uh, Coach Thomas, looking at uh, obviously uh, division rival. And it even it's more than a division rival, considering I think it's the most college-type uh, atmosphere when uh, everything's going good and we're rolling, that being uh, the Falcons and the Saints game. But when you look at it, uh, I know y'all be in the meeting rooms, and I kind of talked to Coach Allen about this, I'm taking pride in, you know, because it's a team effort. Can we stop the run and can we run the ball? Because the one thing, and I think everyone's aware of this as a player, when you can close out a game and they're running the ball and you can't stop them, that's very discouraging. That's like getting smacked in the mouth. So uh, when I look at the game coming up, I know you're going to challenge our team that we, well, we need to set the tone of running the football uh, very similar to what Atlanta did this last game. Without a doubt. Uh, you know, it's, I think that's kind of the mode that we had. You know, you always have that mode of mindset. But like this last week, we're playing Tampa. Tough run defense. They, they historically have, have been that way. 
And we come out the first drive, 14 plays, and had some very solid runs. You know, a chunk run here where Alvin made a guy miss, uh, some efficient runs in the end zone or the red zone, and then we obviously get the touchdown. And and that's that's how it has to feel and look and taste every time we step out there. And then all of a sudden you don't know any different. And, and you know, it's been inconsistent, and it's something that, you know, we're constantly working on, tweaking, trying to find the right, uh, the right you know, whatever you want to say, game plan, mechanics, group to get this thing done and, and we felt like last week we're on to something and, and you know we felt like we ran the ball pretty decent against Atlanta last time we played them and everybody had their hand in it between Taysom, Alvin, Jamal, uh, Lynn, um, everybody was running the ball pretty well and um, hopefully we can capitalize on that and find a couple more tweaks as uh, we go into this uh, game on Sunday. Coach Thomas, you know what caught my attention because uh, you've coached enough in the NFL, the National Football mm-hmm. League and uh, I wanted to bring this up uh, to Coach Allen, but I'll bring it up to you. Maybe you can share it with him. Okay. Uh, that, 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 uh, this is something that the NFL, it's just the day and age we live in. That's why you can never get discouraged. Uh, it's truly one snap and clear, game in and game out. But you know the NFL has to embrace the parity. And, my, you know, some people think like, oh, well, that means it's not good football. No. Everybody's getting paid. So you have a number of teams. Are they seven and eight? They eight and seven going into the final game. For instance, going into this weekend, the, uh, the, N- the NFL put this out. There are 24 teams that were still in contention for a playoff spot this late in the season, which ties for the most with two weeks remaining in the past 20 seasons. So the past two decades, they've never had it this tight. And so you know the NFL loves that kind of product. Now, the home fans don't like it. They want your team <laughs> no. to be dominant. But, I mean, as far as the product and, and you're still in the hunt, I mean, uh, that, 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 I look at it as because the NFL is that talented and with the parity that, no, uh, look, look uh, who was hotter than Tampa Bay uh, coming into the game Sunday? And we whipped their ass. Yep. <laughs> I mean, and so that's why uh, you never know and, like, you got to come and play because it's pros versus pros. But, but, but I just thought that was interesting how many teams were in contention. No, it is. It is. I mean, obviously the NFL loves it. It's made for TV football uh, going into last weekend and all that stuff. And, and, and the fact that we're fighting and battling for the, one of these final spots, you know, to, you know, to credit to the guys, just keep, uh, keep on grinding, to keep on working. Um, you know, and, and as you know, Bobby, you've been in a locker room when you get a, a group of, of individual men all kind of directed in the same direction is pretty powerful force when it, it really starts to click. And, and, you know, that's the goal. And, and we feel like we're going in that direction right now. And, and uh, you know, obviously we need a little bit of help, but, you know, we plan on getting this thing done. And, and then obviously uh, hopefully someone else helps us out and we can get in this thing. Well, Coach, as you said, all, all you can do is what you can do, and that's control the controllable yep. on Sunday. And, you know, a little redemption after that Week 12 uh, affair, uh, nonetheless. Yes. So we'll take it all, and we appreciate your time. Have a great week of practice, and we'll, uh, we'll check with you Sunday. Well, thank you, guys, and Happy New Year. You too, my friend. All right, Coach Thomas. Saints, Saints running back coach Joel Thomas. Bobby, we will say goodnight to you, my friend. Happy New Year. And uh, I know you'll come back with Mike later yeah. on in the show. All right, Hoss. Happy New Year. Say goodbye to Bobby. We'll come back with Mike Dettelier as we go back to the Silver Slipper 
uh, Casino and Resort in Hancock County, Mississippi. Talk about this crazy NFL Week 18 that is coming up. Stay with us here on the Saints Coaches Show on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. And welcome back to the Saints Coaches Show. Mike Hoss now joined by Mike Detelier, college analyst, NFL football analyst, and Mike at the Silver Slipper Casino and Resort. I mean, the NFL, as Bobby talked about in that last block, I mean, this is what they wanted, but this this is different because the games matter. Not all of them, but you got like four uh, you know, division titles up, five playoff spots. So you don't have these kind of we don't care, we're locked up, we you know, we're, you have this one-sided affair. You have a ton of games that matter to both teams in Week 18. That's a gift. Yeah, no question about it, Mike. And I think, you know, for who's paying the freight? Television. Man, isn't this what they wanted to? It keeps oh, you yeah. watching. Because the NFL, they don't want to admit of what fantasy football and gambling. And now it's easier done than any other time in our lifetime that you can gamble of what it's done. Now, uh, the commissioner says that, you know, fantasy football is not gambling. I don't know. He must be in the wrong league because I've been in a few of them. They got a little bit of coin on the line. But it's kept the interest in these type games of keep you watching if you're for a specific team or pulling for a team or against another one. You scoreboard watching too. Man, it, it's, it's set up beautifully. This is the kind of division I remember Pete Rozelle had in the 60s for what he wanted for the NFL. And we've got it now in front of us. Now, you might question the level of play. You might say it's mediocre or competitive, however you want to put it. There is a certain cut with the really good teams. And then they got a ton of teams that's just jammed right in the middle. Uh, And that any given Sunday, is it more relevant today than any other time? Look at Arizona. What they playing for? They beat Philly in Philly. In no, Philly. That's, that's, I mean, that's, what I was, that's kind of where I was going to go next is that you do. You have like the haves and the have-nots, but guess what? The haves, the Buffaloes, the Kansas Cities, the Phillies, they, they are beaten, you know, have, have been beaten probably more times than many people anticipated at the start of this year. And Arizona is a perfect example. Now, the Saints need Arizona to keep it going to beat Seattle, you know, and, and the Bears, you know, beat Atlanta 37-17, to 17, keep that going, beat the Packers. The fact that we're even discussing any kind of wild card situation is kind of, you know, hey, I'll, I'll take it. But, and so, and, and Mike, you look the at other that, part is, is home field that relevant today? I don't think so. Uh, uh, it used to be. And, man, listen, you, you had so many people, uh, we've heard it throughout the years, talk about playing in that Superdome and how loud it is and how it's deafening. And, listen, when you close, man, the fans are into it big time. Uh, but it's one of the few venues you can say really has that. Today, teams traveling and winning on the road today more than ever in the NFL. That's the biggest part that's changed throughout the years since we covered the game. It used to oh, not yeah. be that way, Mike. It used to not be that way. And that Superdome, when it's rocking, I take that 20, 
18, 20, you know, 2019 <laughs> season, the uh, NFC Championship game. I'm talking for three hours. It was just, you know, you were just worn out. And so you look at this week 18, you look at Tampa, and you go, well, you know, they'd won four straight. They had, they, they had done everything perfectly. Well, if you go back to October, they'd lost four straight right after beating the Saints in week four. So, man, everything is, is, is possible. Everything is on the line. I wouldn't have thought Carolina would have beaten Atlanta a few weeks ago, but they did. So I just, you know, there's a lot of things that could happen. But in the end, you got to take care of business. You got to go. You got to you got to take care of your own business, right? Okay, the then Falcons, you, you know. worry about what happens somewhere else. Look at yesterday. Okay, they Jacksonville's playing with their backup quarterback. Wouldn't it be the ideal time? Man, Carolina spit the bit like a bad horse. Uh, he didn't want that in his mouth anymore. Uh, you don't know how you catch teams. That's the other part of it too, Mike. You're not real sure. When a team is hot and when they're not, and I was telling this to Bob, doing so many shows, so many people, like odds maker people, were picking the Saints to win this game outright. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. Oh, yo, did y'all watch? Did y'all watch something last Thursday that I didn't see? And they didn't trust the Bucks. They didn't feel the Bucks could handle winning five straight games, and they were right. Give them credit. Uh, they, they nailed that right on the mark. And the same thing with the fact that I think a lot of people thought Houston with C.J. Stroud would be a totally different team. And, boy, did they come to play yesterday, too. But Atlanta, um, I don't know which Atlanta team you catch week to week. I'll be no, honest I don't with think you. They I don't think Atlanta knows no. which team you catch week to week. Clearly. And how about the Rams? You look at that Thursday night game of how they played against the Saints and figure, man, they're just going to keep that machine rolling. Uh, going to the Giants, and they're a field goal away, kind of a knuckleball. But, you know, and that, you know, that's a big impact game for the Saints. So, man, there's, you know, uh, records and odds and good gosh, it is. Week, this, this is going to be, to me, a great week 18 because the games matter. I hate week 18 when the games don't matter, and it impacts another football team, you know? So no question about it, fantastic. Mike. No question, Mike. And it, it really kind of puts forth the fact that that any given Sunday is more relevant now than any other time in the history of the National Football League. And for us who are in the media, uh, if it's on radio or television, how people tune into this. It's record ratings across oh, yeah. the board. You're right. You're right. Mike Dettelier, we appreciate your time as always, my friend. My thanks Thank to you, Mike. Mike. My thanks to Bobby. Of course, Joel Thomas and Dennis Allen. Charlie Long back in the booth. And thanks for putting up with this cold that will never, ever go away. This has been the Saints Coaches Show. Thanks for listening. Let's get you in that Caesar Superdome on Sunday for the Saints and the Falcons. Thanks for listening here on the Community Coffee New Orleans Saints Radio Network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.